Hey, morning, Kevin. How are things this week? Hi, Mike. Yeah, very good, thanks. Feels like summer's on the way. <laughs> I think so. Definitely, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. The sun's shining here, which is nice. It's quite warm, so that's good. Exactly. No, it feels a lot better. Exactly. So this week, we're going to talk about the new flexible office and that model and how that works. And we're not going to talk about it theoretically. We're going to talk about what you've been doing inside ReSignal and what I've been experiencing within my kind of consulting work. So uh, yeah, it should be a really interesting topic. And this, for a change this week, I've actually not prepared any notes. And for a man who is always into discipline, control, preparation, I just thought, let's talk about our experiences and let's kind of just go through a discussion rather than me having a set of structured questions. That's really weird because I've got some notes and I don't know. Yay! <laughs> Excellent. So it's like the uh, roles of reverse. That's very, very, very good. Okay, well, in that case, why don't you start off with your notes and then we'll evolve the discussion? Yeah, well, I think actually just to start, it's kind of the timing of this being Monday is the day that the government opened everything back up. And I think there's everyone's probably been quite hesitant in what they're doing in terms of maybe like watch and see and see kind of like how people are reacting to this, certainly with offices since last March, really. And I think one thing I've been aware of is there's maybe like some unconscious biases or maybe more conscious biases in the sense of if you've got an office and you're you're tied into rent for the next 12 months, five years, 10 years, whatever, you have a bias towards you want to use that office because otherwise it's completely dead money. Exactly. If you don't, if you don't have an office or you've got flexibility to get out of that office, which is our situation, I think you have a bias to say, we don't need to go back right now. So why would we? And I think that's important because I'm coming at this from the angle of we do have that flexibility and we've been able to adapt and make changes. But if we were in a situation of we previously had a five-year lease, if we were like midway through that, it would feel like this is a complete waste of money. What do we do to get out of that contract or how do we make the most of it? And so I, I think there's not a one fits all. There's different solutions for different situations. And it's how do you make the most of that? And what, what's your current model? Do you want to just, like, just talk to our listeners about what is our current model? So, so where are we right now? Yeah, so we had a five-year lease in London for an office that we'd already agreed to leave. And we actually left that on April 1st, 2020, which in hindsight right now is was very good timing. But we had already decided to go more flexible. We'd had a work from home Wednesday that we implemented probably about four years ago. We've been doing that for a long time. So we'd been used to having that kind of day of no meeting days and being able to catch up on work and work remotely and flexibly. We then took that to two days a week before COVID. We did Wednesdays and Fridays and we found that was, I would say, successful in terms of the balance for the team, three days in the office, two days from home. Yep. During lockdown, obviously, we were unable to use the office space, so we downgraded to WeWork um, before that and barely used that space. We then had, last summer, as things started to open up again, we used the office um, and flipped the work from home Wednesday on its head and turned it into a work from the office Wednesday. And we had that as a collaborative, let's have meetings, let's cut out some of the Zoom calls that we're having across the week, across the team, and build them into a Wednesday agenda of where everyone can meet face-to-face and talk, but you're not kind of like as back-to-back on Zoom 
for the internal meetings that you would be normally. Personally, I really like that. And I think that's something that I'm keen to, to do. So just on that point, Kevin, really interesting. So everyone's saying this is like, this is a new model. So back in 2006, I had a small office in Soho Square. I had 120 consultants. Our office would accommodate about eight people. They all worked on client site. And we got together occasionally as a big group in a hotel. Another company I worked with, a consulting company, same model. Tiny office in Oxford. They were analytic consultants. Huge workforce out in their client's site, on their client's premises. And then they used to get together once a month in a hotel. So it's interesting how that kind of, we've almost like forgotten that model existed 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. And there's companies that like Buffer and the SaaS tech space, so a really good example of a leading company of remote, Basecamp, another one. And I think the one thing that they do really well is they're a, a remote first company. I think Basecamp used to have an office that could be used for people that were in the area and wanted to use it, but purely flexible and optional. But yeah, it's remote first. They invest in the team the team's office or home office environment, yep. quarterly events. The chairs they have, the desk they yeah. have, the computers they have. You have a desktop rather than a laptop sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe like a second monitor, like those type of things. That Exactly. I think it's how do you get the best out of people still, but the way you spend that money. So I think one thing, one way to look at this for the last year is the saving in office spent is a cost saving. But I think when you look at it moving forward, it's more about where do you invest that money and it's the way an investment. it works best. Exactly right. It's not about the cost saving. It's about how do you get the best out of the team? What's the right balance? And I think it's really important to emphasize that a global pandemic lockdown is not the same as remote working. Because in a remote working situation, you can go for a coffee with people, you can go to yeah. lunch and you can book a meeting room, et cetera, et cetera, when you need to. That's a great point. In lockdown, you just don't have that option. So I think some people are kind of like, this doesn't work. And it doesn't work not because remote working doesn't work. It doesn't work because in some situations, when you're tied to your desk at home, you do need to get out. But we have that flexibility now. So I think it's now finding, it's not all or nothing. That's a brilliant point about, I hadn't hadn't thought of it like that, but it's absolutely true, is that people are saying remote working doesn't work because I've been locked down for 18 months. Well, that's not true. You know, the, the tragedy catastrophe that we've had in the last 18 months, the, the human cost has been colossal. But people are labeling that as remote working doesn't work. And you're, you're spot on. No. Remote working does work. It always has worked. Right. But what doesn't work is if you're in your house or in your flat for 18 months and you broadly haven't gone out, sure, that doesn't work as a human being. Yeah. That's nothing to do with remote working. <laughs> Especially when you can't even go out in the evening and socialise and exactly. do like normal things to break it up. It's just this monotonous, like, I think that's the headline. It's the working at home in a global pandemic is not the set, it's not comparable. I think I was talking to Kashal earlier in the week. And uh, so Kashal is one of our SEO strategists, our head of strategy in our team. And we were saying it's kind of like, because he's had flexibility since he started working with us. He's kind of been in the office two to three days a week. And that's always been the agreement. But we were saying that we, we miss those collaborative days of how we can get stuff done together in person. Yeah. But equally, we think it's madness that some days you 
take your laptop from home, put it in a bag, commute for two hours, go to a desk in London, open your laptop, work all day, barely speak to anyone, commute home for two hours (laughs) with your laptop. Uh, And it's kind of like that, that just doesn't make any sense. So I think it's, for me, it's now selling that intention of when you go into the office, you go for a reason. And in our case, we have a co-working membership. So for us, I think the, the plan as things open up is we'll get more co-working memberships for the team and we'll look to both as a group and individually have spaces that people can work from. Maybe we'll expense a coffee budget if people prefer to work from coffee shops or they don't have co-working near them. We've we've recruited people from kind of Manchester, Cornwall and people that obviously won't be in London day to day. And that's that's not the agreement. They, they can be in London if we really need them to be. But yeah, I think it, it's opened up for us talent that we wouldn't have considered before, which is great. And I think looking at it from their perspective, quite a lot of the people in our team have families. They like to have that flexibility of being able to at least cut out the commute, if not like some might have a school run or various different things. But if we can make their work-life balance more manageable, we're going to get more out of them because then they, they can focus on the work properly without having other life stresses around them that maybe would have been more difficult if they were sat on a train for an hour or two each way. So talk to me about a very particular topic on this, which is we had a conversation about probably two or three years ago now, and we were talking about remote working before the pandemic. And we were talking about two different types of scenario. One is where someone's doing technical SEO work, like a Cushel or one of his team, um, where you're, you're broadly kind of working alone at your desktop, your laptop, and you're doing kind of almost like deep thinking work in many ways. The other is where you've got creativity and you're trying to do creative content development, et cetera. I remember you saying the first scenario works really well remotely. The second one, that's really hard to make work where you're doing creative sessions. Have you cracked that kind of problem where you need people together to kind of like create ideas? Yeah, I think there's a balance. And I think, I think you can go too far the other way. I definitely find if it's a brainstorm and it's like, let's just chuck everyone in a room and see what comes back. And as you just literally throw stuff on the wall and if, if it, and then pick the best idea, sometimes the best idea is still a terrible idea. And I find actually there's certain ways you can make that better. And again, this is different types of people in the way they work, but generally if you've got some time for individuals to prep and then bring that together, I think you get much more of an output. I think one of the issues we found with that was maybe more freelance. We found that trying to have people who were freelance on the creative side was trickier because they didn't quite have the historical learnings of everything else that we'd done before, our way of working on the creative side for sure. And we just needed a bit more continuity. I think we found in the remote environment, I think we can make that work. But likewise, in SEO, you, you kind of need an SEO strategist. Sometimes you share ideas with other people for sure, but with creative campaigns, for example, you normally need a designer, a developer, an ideas person, a yeah. promotional kind of digital PR outreach person, an account manager slash project manager to pull it together, maybe a strategist in there as well. But yeah, and I think because there's so many more moving parts, certainly when it comes up with how do you polish those ideas? 
sometimes that collaborative process can, I think, be easier, certainly in the past, when it's face-to-face. And especially when you're then involving the client and you want to then say, this is what we've done, how do we make this work from a brand perspective, etc. So I think in an ideal world, that probably would be face-to-face. I think pitching for new business in an ideal world, you'd have face-to-face because it's about kind of like that that chemistry and the chemistry relationship that you get from that. I feel it's always a bit weaker to be presenting across a, a zoom call over the past 12 months. It's a level playing field because everyone's doing that. But if you were then to say we're pitching over video, but we're pitching against someone else that's in person, I would feel at a disadvantage in doing that. And maybe that's wrong. And maybe some people wouldn't mind, but You'd be right, Kevin, because also what happens is, is that although, I mean, obviously being on the buy side of that, although it's a formal process, A, there is chemistry in the room and there's also the interaction. It's very hard to interact, I find, remotely compared with in person. You get a better dynamic in a room with someone, for sure. And secondly, there's the what happens just before and just after the meeting. When someone's walking you to the door, to reception, when someone's saying, We've got actually a, a five-minute coffee break now. Yep. You know, and you go and get a coffee and you talk. Those moments, and they are moments, they can actually, they don't make a big difference, but they matter. No, they do. And it's just the personal. And sometimes it's just like you might notice something in a room and make crack a joke. Like just something that again, like makes someone laugh or smile. And it's like that's the sort of thing that you're not going to win a pitch because of it. But it's it starts to build that relationship. Again, that's my personal perspective. I know some people will almost certainly disagree that you can do that, but I think it's, I think maybe it's picking the right organizations. If it's a level playing field and people want a remote agency, so like we've got clients in the US that we haven't met face to face, I'd still like to think over the next year, two, three years, we're, we're going to continue to, to grow in the US without necessarily needing to meet people. Exactly. Although I think the US is a different market because. The US, just in terms of land mass, is so big. Quite often for US agencies, they don't meet their clients either because you could be on the East Coast talking to someone that's kind of West Coast or more central. And hopping on a flight isn't always something that would be done, even if you're in the same country. In the, whereas in the UK, I think it's kind of much more. I mean, London agencies typically have London based clients. So you, you feel like if it's a 20 minute jump on a tube, then you should make that effort as opposed to get on a call. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think it, it will be interesting to see how that unfolds in terms of what that looks like. I'm already trying to figure out my own calendar. I've been into London one to two days a week for about the last six weeks. And I'm now trying to have more of a schedule of when I come into London, I do it with that intention of I'm there to meet people and to have meetings. No, same here. But I'm definitely not there to sit in a co-working space and focus on knocking out a proposal because that's what I would do when I'm at home and I can focus on those tasks that need a bit more thinking time, whereas London is purely, I've commuted in, so I'm going to use this time to see people. And I mean, also just, I think, yes, absolutely. When you go in, it's about you're there to meet people. You're not there to, I mean, you'll be filling half hour slots in between, but you're there to meet, I'd agree. That makes perfect sense. Do you think it's made us more efficient in business? Yes and no. Yes, I think because you cut out the commute, you can have more calls and you can have meetings, almost certainly. I would challenge if that's a good thing sometimes, because I think sometimes you actually need that thinking space in between. I don't like being back to back for 
a whole afternoon, certainly no. not a whole day, but even kind of three or four calls in a row and I feel it. So I think you are more efficient, you can get more stuff done, certainly with that lack of, of commute time. But I also wonder if you're more likely to get burnout as a result of that. And that's not a criticism of remote working. It's just trying to understand and add a bit of a buffer of time into your own schedule. It's completely workable. But I think uh, there is an element of you can be too efficient. And I've always said to you, I think the worst days I've had are the days quite often where it's like, I've done 100 things today, but I can't tell you what I've done that's almost all that important. Whereas if some days it could be, I've done one thing today, but it's the most important thing I'll do all month and I've done it really well. So to me, it's that balance of, again, that deeper working and thinking versus just being efficient because you can. Yeah, I mean, I think my observations are very, very similar, which is we can convince ourselves that we're more efficient because we've saved three hours commuting, which is probably the average person. And you can say, yeah, great, I'm more efficient and I've got a better work-life balance because I can do things at home and slot things in around it. I'd agree with that. The downside is, I think what's happening is, everyone now wants to do a call. So you're inclined to do more calls, more Zoom calls, more team calls, whatever it might be. And the carving out time to think and focus is becoming very difficult. I've noticed it. Mm-hmm. So I've no, it, it's a huge advantage to me because clients will now want to have a call rather than a face-to-face, much more efficient, definitely. However, it means that my diary becomes quite fragmented. I mean, interestingly, I use Calendly. So about technology, I use Calendly. It's a brilliant tool. It's completely transformed the way I book meetings and all of that toing and froing of emails. What a disaster that was. Yeah. So that's been brilliant. The problem is unless you set up Calendly really effectively, you can end up with a very fragmented diary. Yeah. And I find that it takes, and this is again, is well-researched in psychology, it can take up to like quarter of an hour to get into something. Well, if you've only got 45 minutes between meetings, there's no way you're going to get into something. By the time you've answered your emails, made a cup of tea and sat down, there is no concentration time. And so that's causing quite a big problem, I think. Yeah, I think for me, I use a similar calendar app. I don't allow it to book time in the morning, so I only allow it for the afternoons. And I try to put in a bit of a buffer outside of that. So I put in thinking time into my diary because then the app will see that that's booked out and that's where I can get my own work done. Whereas if I'm back to back, typically I think if I've got three calls in an afternoon, that's enough. Yeah. And if it's anything more than that, that's that's too much. So it, it's trying to find that right balance and, and trying to make it work. The other thing I was going to add is I found for myself in terms of efficiency, I've had days where I've worked at home too many days in a row and I've lost my momentum and I've just felt, yes. yeah, I kind of lost my motivation as well. Last week I had a day where I call this, I, I went on like a coffee shop crawl, <laughs> which is <laughs> I had breakfast with Hannah, RMD, and then I had a couple of calls afterwards. So I just went to different coffee shops and actually stayed and had lunch somewhere and went to like a Starbucks in the afternoon. And, and actually I felt a lot more refreshed in the same way that yeah. before I... In the past, I used to feel like if I go to the office, I'm going to be productive because otherwise, why would I go there? I might as well stay at home. And this was similar where it's like I'm sat in a Starbucks with a cup of tea and I've been here for an hour and a half. So I I managed to get a load of proposals prepared. I did a couple of calls and I felt like I'd 
I definitely was a lot more productive in that day than I would have been from home. And I'm not saying you should do that every day, but I'm saying that actually breaking things up now and again, I found that was just a change of scene that was quite welcome. And it meant that I wasn't just kind of sat in the same seat, looking at the same wall, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, I think think it's really important to try and mix things up. I definitely agree with that. Definitely. And I've had the same experiences, although I'm going out less than probably uh, you are at the moment. So we've got about two minutes to go. What are your kind of, for someone listening that's looking at their kind of evolving model of work with their business, what are your kind of three things that you'd say you've learned that are applicable to other people? I think you have to be better at kind of having a remote first environment. And for us moving forward, I would see our office is online. It's kind of the yeah. the Slack channels, the email, Google, et cetera. It's like you shouldn't learn something new about the company because you're in the office in person. It should be communicated online remote first. That's certainly our model. And I think that that's really important. And then outside of that, it's that balance of, like I say, this isn't a lockdown situation. You can meet people face to face. And if it's beneficial to do so, I would encourage that you do it. That doesn't necessarily mean you need an office. There's ways around that where you could say you meet on client premises, you book a restaurant, you book a meeting room and a co-working space, but you don't necessarily need a desk that is assigned to you five days a week. And certainly in our situation where we've got that flexibility, that's what we're opting to do. And I think that's in terms of what our team wants out of this. I think that's the right balance. They have the option to work face-to-face. And I see that as being an option to use that co-working as much as you would like. Encourage that there's days where the team come in together so that you can collaborate as more of a wider team. You don't really want one person there on a Monday, another on a Tuesday, and they never see each other. You'd, You'd rather say, let's have a designated day where we'll all meet up and we'll work together. And Exactly. Whether that's weekly, a couple of times a week, bi-weekly, whatever you feel is the right almost like cadence behind that, I think is find what works for you as a company. But it's it's that balance of you've got to put the company first in terms of how do you best serve your clients. Yeah. But you also need to put your team first in the sense of how do they do the best work for your clients. So it's that balance of understanding what works for you. But yeah, I think my biggest single bit of advice is just be open minded. Base your decision on what works best, not on any preconceived ideas of what may have worked in the past or even what worked or didn't work over the last 12 months, because that's just not a normal situation to compare against the future. Uh, very good point. Very good points. Um, my kind of one I want to add in is something that you said, which I think is really, really important, is don't treat not having an office as a cost saving. See the money that you'd spend on the office as an investment pool, an investment pot to invest in mobile first and remote first. I think that investing in remote first, you won't invest as much as you would in a physical office, but I think you get far more. Yeah, your clients will be happier, your team will be happier, you'll get better results. You know, invest in things that make people work more effectively uh, remotely. I think that's a, a great idea. And don't see it as that's now a saving. It needs to be reinvested. That's a very good point. Definitely. Brilliant. Kevin, I really enjoyed that. Really, really good. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Mike. All right. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Thanks. Bye.